Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree and a guy who hated this movie talk to you about movies. This week, we are late to the party, but we finally got around to watching the Melissa McCarthy film Thunder Force. That review coming up now on this episode of Brownie Points. Hello. Hi there. There it is. I needed to get through this movie. (laughs) Hello, everybody. It's our first. I wish all my Rokus would have broken our house and I wouldn't have been able to watch this. (laughs) It could have overheated. I'm going to start off this review with a real heavy thing. This movie, it sucked. (laughs) You could have, because you said your Roku almost overheated during um, uh, Snyder Cut. So, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) This is a four hour movie. Like this is this was less than half. Did you watch it on the 4K or did you watch it uh, in the? Yeah, okay. I watched it on the 4K. So funny story behind this movie. Before we start getting into uh, our uh, hot takes, but as you can tell from me already, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I watched this. Uh, uh, my uh, coming up with a plan for the weekend. Uh, I was talking with my wife and I was like, "Hey, I have three movies I have to watch this weekend. Um, I am pretty sure." You'll want to see UHF, but I also, I want to watch that with you because I really like that movie. I've got to watch the Melissa McCarthy movie, Thunder Force, which I'm not really sure if you'll want to see. And I know for a fact you don't want to watch Fate of the Furious, but I will have to watch it at some point. Oh, God. At some point this weekend. And she was like, yeah, I'll do UHF. And I kind of want to do the Melissa McCarthy movie. And I was like, um, the only thing I remember from any review I ever heard of it was this is the worst movie that that per- the group of people had seen in years. And she was like, yeah, no, I'll watch it. And I was like. okay so um we start watching and since we can't go to theaters for new releases here's my uh audience story of watching it at home with my wife um so we sit down to start watching the movie and we had ate dinner like cleaned up like the table and pots and pans and stuff and um she was like do you want uh do you want a drink and i was like no i had a beer with dinner i'm fine and we sit down and we hit play and I watched three minutes of this movie and then I paused it and said, Jesus Christ, I need a strong drink. So I got up, plug for pink Whitney vodka, got up and my wife was like, what do you, you've talked about what you wondered what it would taste like mixed with uh, Mountain Dew. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go get one. So I pour my normal amount of mixed drink, which is a pretty good amount. I make it to... You can slightly taste it a little bit, but it gets you it it you'll feel it. And I, I poured the soda and I took a drink and I was like I was like, Oh, this is uh this actually tastes pretty good here and I gave it I gave it to my wife and she's like, Oh yeah, it does taste pretty good. And I was like, it needs more vodka though. And then I poured more in it and I took a drink and I was like, This needs more and I put more <laughs> vodka in it and I took a drink. And I essentially in one drink put a quarter of a bottle of vodka in it. And then in about 30 to 40 minutes, drank the entire drink and then just kind of like angrily, drunkenly watched this movie. And then also uh, I missed a lot of the last 10 minutes because there was a rabbit in our backyard and I was so focusing, focusing on that so much with our cat. So (laughs) let that be a, let that be a warning of how much I enjoyed the movie. I had to get drunk to watch it. I knew three minutes in I had to be drunk to watch it, and then I missed the last ten minutes of it because I was more entertained with a rabbit that was in our backyard causing our motion lights to go off with a, with my cat. <laughs> Jeremy Johns would be... It's not good, people. It's not good. It's the worst of the year. Cookie, there. What's your hot take? <laughs> Jeremy Johns would be proud of you. <laughs> God. This movie sucked. I um... And it made me angry. I take this... Okay. I take this as... And I'm sorry to interrupt your hot take before you even started it. I take this as a personal insult to me and my family <laughs> because I feel like they think I'm stupid enough to enjoy this and keep coming back. And I'm not. This is stupid. Melissa McCarthy, the best thing you can do for your career is divorce your trash-ass writer husband because he does nothing but give you terrible movie scripts. Stop working with this man. If it means you have to get divorced, get divorced. It's not worth it. He's going to ruin your career. 
Keep making good movies because you are a good actress. Divorce this man. Also, this is this is a joke, so don't like whatever. But um Yeah, that beer pop was actually Nick's fifth. <laughs> case. <laughs> In anticipation for this movie. Um I'm not I'm not actually saying get divorced. It's a joke. But um, we're actually recording just, this the I'm second saying, you're done with the movie. <laughs> Mel- Melissa McCarthy, the best thing you can possibly do is stop working with your husband. And I know it's hard. Um but just stop. He he doesn't give you anything. He gives you nothing. Also, you didn't have chemistry with no one in this movie had chemistry with anybody. Oh, dude. I well I'll get into my hot take, but as I always start with the creatives. But but again, oh. again, just to clarify, you don't actually divorce your husband. <laughs> people are going to freak out over that. Uh, the, the creatives, if anybody didn't know who this man was, yes. I'm already mostly through this beer. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy's husband. I have to get another. I go for it. Uh, Melissa McCarthy's husband is writer and director Bill Falcone. This is probably, I think, the third or fourth time they've worked together because they did uh, Tammy and um, that movie that came out on HBO a couple months ago. I can't remember what it was called offhand, but this is they are multiple collaborators. To quote, to, to quote Burt Kreischer, he's just uh, that husband of Melissa McCarthy. He's just like Hitler. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nothing he's doing is good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. Everything Hitler did was bad. But what I'm what I'm getting at is her husband is nothing like Hitler. But but yes, everything Hitler did was bad. Terrible. God, the things that come out of Bert's mouth. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> that was loud. Um <laughs> uh, should I even read who's in... I'll read the top three build actors real quick. Melissa McCarthy, obviously. Octavia Spencer. Academy Award winner. And uh, multiple Emmy Award winner, uh, Jason Bateman. Uh, you'd think he'd be... Uh, you'd think he'd be over Melissa McCarthy movies by now after Ozark, but apparently not. They apparently have a good friendship since Tammy. That was so. a, Wait, Ozark was a Melissa McCarthy movie? No, Ozark I is... that was a Netflix TV series. Ozark is his Netflix series, but he was with... Uh, he was. Uh, he was in Tammy, or he was in Identity Thief. That was that was it. Identity Thief, not Tammy. Never mind. Um, but yeah, apparently the he's one, still one of one of. If we ever do that movie, I'm gonna point it out again. But the funniest thing ever is they're they're like coming up from Atlanta to wherever he lives, and they're entering St. Louis. And what's funny is I saw this in. I actually saw this movie. I think in theaters, and I noticed it then. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I saw a review in someone that. Uh, kind of lived in the Midwest and has gone to St. Louis a lot of times from the Chicago side. And he goes, so what's funny is they say that they're like going to Chicago. The shot of St. Louis is them going into St. Louis, not coming out of St. Louis. That happens all the time in movies. Like they, I've, I've, I've read multiple times about like um, paying attention to say like uh, Las Vegas chase scenes. If a movie set in Vegas, because they always intercut to parts of the strip that like are nowhere close to each other to make the, the make the chase seem longer. So like things like that happen all the time. But um yeah. But yeah, uh yeah, my hot take on this movie, um I didn't get drunk for this movie. Dan loves it. No, I'll calm down. No. <laughs> I uh I didn't have to get drunk for this movie even though I kind of wanted to about halfway into it. Um I think I paused the movie. It took 3 minutes for me to tap I'm like I got to be freaking drunk i think i paused the movie three times to see how long it was uh if not more um i think kelsey actually asked how much time was left let me check my notes because i i is this one or another movie that we watched recently keep talking i'll I'll interrupt you (laughs) (laughs) um but no i uh i guess i i don't really have that big of an emotional reaction as you because i kind of expected this and to be honest i had this on the calendar kind of as filler because i didn't think of a a better new movie to to talk about like nothing else had come out recently enough that i was so compelled to put it on the calendar and lo and behold i was like oh well i have thunder force on the calendar and it looked terrible and then you were the one that was like oh we haven't had that bad a movie on in a while like 
either we get a bad movie or hey it's a surprise and i'm just like okay well, let's go for it even though it's probably gonna be bad and shocker it was bad <laughs> um i was incredibly bored um I didn't find anybody's acting to be... I can't find a note that Kelsey asked how much time was left, but I thought she did. Okay. I, uh... I didn't... I don't enjoy Melissa McCarthy in these kind of performances at all. I... They're, they're very one... <laughs> they're very one note. They're, in these kind of performances. You mean the ones directed by her husband? Is Sure, it's fact... Again, to quote, to quote, to quote Midnight Screenings, I've I've said this on here before, one of the funniest quotes of Midnight Screenings was when they reviewed some Melissa McCarthy movie, either Identity Thief or Tammy, and it was, Jesus Christ, does he f***ing hate his wife? <laughs> I, she just, she can be funny, I've seen her be funny, but when her husband's directing her, she's just not funny. It's fat girl fall down. It's, oh, I'm kind of dumb. Oh, I'm kind of fat, but I'm charming. So it's A-okay when I screw up and save the day in the end. Like, we've seen this song and dance like a thousand times. She's so much better than this material. And it it just made me sad watching it. Octava Spencer, Octava Spencer could barely, like, you could tell that she was phoning it in for the paycheck because she probably owed somebody some money. Jason Bateman, I don't what's even really, know why Jason really... even... Uh, entertain the idea to be in this after tammy what's like, really sad about her as a comedic actress too did you ever watch the show mike and molly oh no no my my parents did i i did um i didn't think it was amazing i i liked it um i would probably give it like a half pan like from what i've seen but it's it's nothing fantastic but in that she plays a comedic role she plays a comedic heavyset woman role and it is a thousand times less depressing than when she's in movies. She, in terms of in terms of like, oh my god, why are you stooping to this low level? That's what her movies are like. It doesn't feel like a character that we want to cheer for. Like the bum it's it's almost like going for the it's it's the bumbling idiot. When she doesn't play a bumbling idiot that doesn't realize she's as dumb as she is, she can be really funny. Like, I'd imagine... Well, the other thing, too, she's terrible at, uh, like, word vomit scenes to the point where I actually had a note of, my God, stop, you're making me want to watch Kamel do word vomit. It's, it's... I love that you... It's it's improv. It's clearly improv in front of the kid. It's just... It's just... If we talk fast and raise our voice and just don't let people... Uh, uh, let people get a grasp of what's going on it's witty no it's not you're just vomiting words out to move a scene along although you're sitting on the same joke for three and a half minutes yeah it's that's in it the technical term is terrible and dude <laughs> if you if you wrangle in melissa mccarthy in this movie i'm not joking you could very easily like cut off 15 minutes yeah, this movie didn't need to be as long as it was either i think it was what an hour 45 hour 50 like, hour 45 hour 50 it was way too long and it's it doesn't do which think about that that's almost that's about as short as it could possibly be and it was too long it doesn't do anything creative like spoofing or reinventing something we'd seen before in the superhero genre it doesn't do anything funny as like a buddy buddy or odd couple comedy dynamic between her and octava it doesn't do anything just, well they it, don't work off each other sorry it's just very, it's very routine, it's very familiar, it's very boring, it's very safe, it's very, it's so every man cookie cutter uh, in it, every aspect of the production. The only thing creative about the production was Jason Bateman actually had crab arms. Like, that's the most creative thing and the best compliment I can give this movie, other than I felt bad that Melissa Leo was the only thing that made me laugh in this movie, and she's on screen for, like, Two minutes, thank God. <laughs> Who is Melissa Leo? She was the lady that uh, Melissa McCarthy called uh, uh, Jodie Foster. Again, I was drunk. I don't know. She had the short. She had the short black hair. She betrayed them at the end. Mantis? No, that was the girl with the 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 blonde hair. That was Mantis. Oh. You don't remember like the not secretary? Like it was um the kind of taller Did lady. Did that happen in the last 10 minutes? No, she was in the movie. Like, she was the one that took her into her room, and she said, we have actual feminine clothes, so we can burn what you're wearing as soon as possible. <laughs> that line, by the Must way... I've been too drunk to remember it. No, I don't remember that. That line I actually did like. And I laughed one other time. Uh, or, no, I laughed two times. I laughed at that line. I laughed... <laughs> I actually laughed when Melissa was like, oh... 
I don't know if that's the beer or the milk. And she sips the milk. It was the milk. It was the milk. (laughs) I thought that was funny. I don't remember that joke. Um, I also, I'm sure you didn't notice this then. At the very end of the, uh, there's an 80s dream sequence. I'll just say it that way. Uh, Jason Bateman's character scurries away and does this, like makes a clicking noise while he's scurrying away. I don't know why that made me laugh really hard too. That like he acted that much like a crab. I don't know. Just him doing that made me chuckle. But, um, and the pickles. You deserve a bag of pickles. There, that's it. Those are the five times I laughed at this movie. Um, which sums up to about 30 seconds of the total runtime. So, uh, yeah, on our rating scale, a contender for one of the best films that we've seen on the show, if not the year, is a movie that <laughs> that earned a brownie pan covered in icing sprinkles and all the fixings on top of it. A pretty good movie overall is a full pan of brownies. A so-so 50-50 is a half pan of brownies. A pretty bad movie overall. Maybe one or two good things going for it is a single brownie. And a contender for one of the worst films that we've seen of the year, if not for the show, is a... This. <laughs> it's a movie so bad, you're not even a brownie. You are a cookie full of raisins. Um, I'm giving this movie a cookie, too. Like, I'm not only am I giving this a cookie. This is the worst of the year. It's... I, I don't... It's the worst of the year, dude. Like, it's up, looking, it's up there looking... for sure. Okay, looking at the spreadsheet, new releases. Okay. So, this is the lowest rating you've given all year. Oh, Jesus. We're literally... Well, by the time people hear this, it'll be May. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is your lowest rating. And this is the second time I've given a cookie this year. The first time was for Possessor. Yep. I remember. Which which was just... I was like, I don't... like. I was like, not only is this a high-concept artsy movie, I think this is a bad high-concept artsy movie. Yeah, I, so I was yeah. like, not only not only did it not work on me, I don't think it even worked on its intended audience. But this is by far the worst of the year. And looking at okay, so worst our worst of the year the past two years. Worst of the year last year for both of us was the Lovebirds. Oh, I thought we I thought we were alternate. Like it was the same one too, but they were like flip flop. We both said it was the Lovebirds. No, that was the first year. First year, your worst was Cats, mine was Captive State, and then my number uh, two was Cats, and yours was Curse of La Llorona. And I'll tell you what. This is in my top three of worst we've seen for the show. Ooh, wait, uh, what was it? Cats, Cats and Lovebirds were my picks? Okay, yours was Cats and Lovebirds, and then this, uh, and then... Um, mine was Captive State, The Lovebirds, and this. This one, this one is, like, in the top three out of worst movies we've seen the whole time for this show. Um, I don't know if it's number two, three, or one, but out of all the movies we have seen, this is the third worst movie that I have seen for this show. I think if I put this against Cats and Lovebirds, it's gonna come in third. Because... Because you know what? I actually think Lovebirds probably is number four. And I would say that this is uh, this is Captive State, Cats, this, then Lovebirds. Because you know what? Like I said, at some point, I said, dear God, I just want to hear Kamel do word vomit. Stop it. Like, that's how much I hate this movie is it made me want to watch Kamel. That's 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 funny. I, I, I between those other two movies i honestly think this is better than cats and lovebirds like i'd rather watch this than the lovebirds again that's how much i hated that movie that was painful to sit through the real important question is dan did you know that this took place in chicago oh no i didn't i could i i no, i wouldn't have guessed it ever ever yeah i i didn't notice um what i didn't notice team logos on their helmet or i didn't notice team logos on their hats or i didn't notice anybody reminding us where this movie took place a thousand times and, and here's the thing. I'm well documented how much I don't like Chicago. It's it's very well documented. What I'm getting at is the reason I have a problem with it taking place in Chicago is they play it like it's supposed to be a joke. But it's not a joke. Like, I, I, okay, one of the best scenes, she's like, Chicago's not a city or isn't a village. It's it's a city. You got the you got the bulls, you got the cubs, you got the bears, you got the Blackhawks. It's like, what is funny about being in Chicago? Like, what is the joke you're going after? Is the joke that 
someone identifies so much with an area that they that they see the rest of the world as not important because if that's the joke it's not very clear and you have to put more effort into it um than just saying how much they like chicago you have to compare it with the contrast of how much they don't know about the world outside the city of chicago is the joke that you think chicago sucks because you're making chicago seem so awesome that i don't think you think it sucks is the joke that she's obsessed with sports teams that uh, have really large fan bases, but they only really can claim like one year of dominance in each for each team other than the Bulls? Like, what is the joke? Like, you have several different jokes you can go at, and you're not reaching for any of them, but you're still trying to say this is a joke. It doesn't make any sense. Like, insert any city... It's still the same, like Cleveland, Tampa, New York. Hell, New York would make much more sense. I think it was. I think they were more aiming for just like her obsessive town pride in general. Like, is like one thing that she is clinging on to in her life. Like, because she clearly, at, the way it's set up to me is that like after she lost her best friend, yeah, she's got a probably well-paying job out on the docks, but the rest of her identity is just living in the city of Chicago and pining for that friendship she lost 15 or however many years ago. But it, but again, her love for the city is so surfacey. it makes you think she doesn't actually know Chicago. Like, she doesn't really talk about any places in Chicago. She just talks about the teams and the years they're known for, but you don't hear about, oh, I, I like this local spot. I like this famous spot. I like this famous restaurant, which... With the jokes they're cracking in a Melissa McCarthy movie, you think they'd be obsessed with cracking restaurant jokes with her. Like, Nick, this is a movie where we see Melissa McCarthy hit herself in the vagina with a hammer. I think that should say what we're dealing with in terms of what the humor of this movie is. <laughs> Just, I don't look like, here's the thing, or here's to wrap up my thought again. Yeah, it's pretty well documented. I don't like the city of Chicago. But this isn't me hating the movie for taking place in Chicago. It's me hating that it seems like they're trying to make this a joke. And it's not. Like, they never deliver on whatever they're trying to hype up. Like, I don't know. It's it's like movie, it's like movie passes thing where they're like, oh, my God, we got a countdown to this day. And then it's just like, whatever. Like, it's like they I don't, I don't get the it's like they had a tax incentive to say Chicago as many times as humanly possible while they were say while they were filming in Chicago in order to like get as much money back from the city as as they could because they I mean Dude, the, they did shoot on location I mean I'm not saying that's a compliment but like they went out of their way to not be in a soundstage the whole time so it would have been really funny if instead of shooting on location they shot in Georgia oh dude so <laughs> We see the page. We're like, you were lying. No, this whole time. There's there's one establishing shot of like Chicago that like the B unit did, but then the rest of the movie takes place on like Bourbon Street in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, you just all of a sudden in the background you just see um, uh, not Ryan Gosling, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in his uh, New Orleans Saints jersey walking around. We're like, wait a minute, that's a whole other movie. <laughs> oh, actually. There was a movie we've seen on the show where they actually pulled that off, like shooting in one place but saying it was another. Um, it was the Chadwick Boseman film Twenty One Bridges. Cause they, I don't care. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. I just, you just reminded me that, like, because it takes place in New York City, but I read that like over eighty percent of that's that prime was... real estate to film in. Well, yeah, they shot eighty percent of it in Philadelphia. Like they did a couple shots of New huh. York, but the rest was in Philly. <laughs> Um, so another stupid joke that this movie tries cramming down your throat is Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer are rather large women. I mean, they're not, you get what I mean. They are heavyset women and they have to get around in a vehicle. So they get a Lamborghini and they try ramming down your throat that they're too heavyset for this Lamborghini. But the thing that's really stupid is the first time they try cracking that joke, you can tell they're deliberately trying to make it look difficult to sit down in. And I'm like, you fit fine. Yeah, they were they were acting like Leo when he's on the Quaaludes and the Wolf of Wall Street, but like going backwards, like while they're trying to yeah. get into it. It was like, my like, God. like they're trying to sit down in it and they're like, oh, I don't know if I can fit through the hole. And I'm like, you're standing. 
Like, I can tell your butt is not on the rocker panel. Yeah. The, I had a feeling that joke was going to bother you a lot, because I could tell the same thing. It was like they're going out of their way to over-exaggerate it. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. I expect something like that in a really, like, low-budget, crappy movie that it's, like, some film student's, like, lifelong dream to make a movie. I expect that, because it probably doesn't have much money behind it. But a movie of this caliber? Mm-hmm. I expect more effort. Speaking of terrible effort, the CGI and the scene where Melissa McCarthy throws a bus for some reason. Um, did you, I tried getting a picture of it and I think the issue was, is I was drunk and um, I was trying to, the scene where she takes the bus, she lifts it over her head and it's like a wide shot. And then it zooms in on her. Did you notice how bad the CGI was in that shot? Cause it's really bad. It's really, really bad. I don't remember that specific shot, but I remember the, the wider shot where Octava and her are both in the frame. Like, the drop shadow from the bus was terrible, and, like, you could tell it yeah. was, like, barely matted onto her hands. Like, yeah, yeah I didn't notice the there. Lighting, dude, the lighting is so bad in the scene where it's like, do you have another light source on Melissa? Because that's not the way the shadow is working at all on anything else underneath it. Like, she's three times lighter than anything else underneath the bus and its shadow. Oh, yeah. No, I I mean, luckily there wasn't, I mean, to the movie's detriment as well, there's not a lot of heavy CGI action in this movie because surprisingly a movie about superheroes doesn't have a lot of action until well over an hour and a half into the do, movie. <laughs> do you want to hear something really funny Kelsey said to me? What? what? I just remembered. Kelsey thought this was a Marvel project. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love you dear but it, i laughed so hard when she was like talking she said something about like it tying into the mcu and i was like what and she goes yeah wasn't this a marvel movie no oh i would she goes really she goes really and i was like no it's just coast it's just hey melissa mccarthy hasn't done a fat superhero movie yet <laughs> that's all this movie is i would have i would have been like <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I I couldn't have gotten I I couldn't have gotten away with it, but you should have just been like, oh, I maybe I can't let's let's just play and find out and just like wait and try to see how long it goes before she goes. This isn't Marvel, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what gave it away? Uh, the terrible effort put into this. Um, <laughs> the fact that there's not a name brand superhero in this. <laughs> like, I I'm I'm I'm. I'm not even sorry for saying this. Like, I just, like, I don't, I, this movie does not deserve, like, that much effort in a breakdown. Because it didn't put much effort into making the movie. Yeah, there was, um, I wrote a couple times that the type of jokes in this movie would even make Adam Sandler roll his eyes. Like, when she gets uh, the shots in her face multiple times and she's still screaming and then the next time, nope, it's not in her face. That was part of the movie. When Melissa McCarthy was in excruciating pain, that was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> what about when she got the shot in the boobs instead? Like, that's, again... Didn't care. That's the I, She was in pain. It was awesome, because I was like, ha I had to sit through this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the level of creativity we're going with here. Like, um, I'm looking... I'm going to look... And then, and then, and then, oh, okay. So, Melissa McCarthy gets incredibly painful injections to get her superpowers. So, what do you think Oct- is going to happen to Octavia Spencer? That's right! She has to take, like, 33 pills. Yeah, and then apparently the daughter just was doing this all in secret? Or this was just the movie's deus ex machina moment where, like, we need something to save the day. So it doesn't matter what happened with the daughter. She just has her powers now. Like, (laughs) I I looked up to see if she was the daughter in uh, Ma. She was not. Oh, yeah, you did. (laughs) You did text me that after after I saw the movie. Um, I was looking at my... uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, I laughed really hard uh, that all the villains' names, um, that they're all called um, miscreants. I was just like, dude, really? That's the best you could come up with that's not the word mutant is miscreants. Miscreants. Really? (laughs) I I hated that so much. Not mutated organism or not trash or not stupid or not why are we doing this not the word super like oh you're a super that would have been more creative than miscreant miscreant just does that's not the right word that's like a word that should have died out in the 40s like they kind of just called them moist 
<laughs> oh, speaking of things I kind of want to rag on for a little bit, um, can we talk about how bad the child actors were at the start of the movie? I mean, they made you want to drink, so... <laughs> 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 so bad <laughs> dude i at least like i kind of get what the movie's trying to do with um with the with the two of them like how they met and the one girl's just like i have to avenge my parents i have to avenge my parents i have to finish what they're studying because i have to avenge them like they she reminds us why she's doing her stuff as many times as melissa reminds us that she's from chicago but Back to what I was trying to say, these child actors were awful. I'm, I am so sorry. I hope this doesn't ruin your careers, you respective ladies. But, oh man, maybe keep this off your reel if you can. <laughs> Just, they're so bad. And the thing that's funny too is, so like, Octavia Spencer, you were talking about like, sleepwalks through the role pretty hard. Oh, she really, dude, um, she so is. So it's hard. it's hard to tell, like, how bad of a job the child actor does mimicking her, but it's really easy to tell how bad the child actor does mimicking Melissa McCarthy because Melissa McCarthy's character is basically, um, did you ever see, um, uh, Tenacious D in the pick of destiny? Oh yeah. I love that movie. The kid that plays Jack Black's character as a child is amazing. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's an amazing job of a child in a comedic movie, doing an impress like being that character but younger yeah and like i feel like they showed that clip to this girl and went <laughs> went do this and then just left the room <laughs> like she does such a bad job while also putting a lot of energy into doing it it's really weird yeah it's i think it's more annoying for me that like it's just the material that they were given were so bad like these these girls are probably very talented they're in a netflix movie at like 13 oh but... we know they're working with a terrible director because it's melissa mccarthy's husband yeah <laughs> like here's the th here's the thing a lot of times if i have to crap on melissa mccarthy i end up feeling bad because i'm like i know you can do good and i know i know you have uh potential her husband has shown time and again he needs to knock it the f off because he can't do anything in hollywood well i was i just got to a part in my notes i forgot to say actually made me laugh too like a little like a little i say laugh listeners but i mean just a very light mild chuckle i did kind of laugh a little bit when the guy was breaking down how to not do the owl joke <laughs> there was one one moment specifically in it that made me laugh it was when he was like okay you say knock 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 i'm an owl shut up and he like puts his hands almost on her face and then he's like no, see, now we're both silent. That didn't work. <laughs> I don't know. You want to see a reenactment of how that went over in my house? Done. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> yeah, it was just silence. That like, okay. Here's the thing. I I got some kind of chuckles or enjoyment out of it. So, like. But it doesn't mean I'm not saying this to try and sway I will, your I will, vote. I will say I will say it works better as a comedy than something like, uh, what's that Will Ferrell movie that sucked balls last year? Uh oh, Eurovision. Yeah, it works better than Eurovision as a comedy. But at the exact same time, I f I find this tremendously worse. I find it way more insulting to the viewer. Oh. Uh, yeah, I would rather watch Eurovision than this. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather watch Eurovision. I really would. And that's a movie that I didn't laugh once, and we said had an extra act. I think the thing... Like, the last 40 minutes, that movie is more enjoyable than this. Because you know what? It's creative. Were you were you an Arrested Development fan? I didn't watch it ever. Oh. Okay, well, I, I can make this point quick then. I like, had friends, Dan. <laughs> I watched um, Arrested Development... A lot in Jason Bateman I felt extra worse for him more than I felt bad for Melissa Leo because he literally is just dragged out to do his character George Michael from Arrested Development but this time with crab arms like watch an, watch Jason, any episode Jason Bateman I feel I feel bad saying this yeah because I think he does it well Jason Bateman pretty much only plays the same character and everything he got to make it he's 
He's he's funnier and more more enjoyable Ed Helms, where it's like, yeah, he plays the same basic guy over and over and over and over again. He plays the 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 straight man in his own unique way so well. Like his straight man for George Michael was a anchor point of that show, like him being the center of how insane his family was. And that show he's, was such a cultural the, moment. That's why he never got of out the, of it. He's one of the better parts of the Melissa McCarthy movie Identity Thief. Like he really is why a lot of stuff in that movie works. See, I I've never I've I don't know I've not wanted to see any Melissa McCarthy comedies really. Like I've seen clips of them and the clips. I don't alone, recommend it. She's. I don't recommend it. And what's sad? Mm. What's sad? I like I you know I talked about seeing her in Mike and Molly, and there I know there are performances she gives that are very good, and there are flashes in Melissa McCarthy movies. The problem is her husband just has this weird thing about my wife's in a comedy movie. We have to make fun of the fact she's heavyset. We have to make fact uh, or make fun of the fact that it, it, for some reason it'd be funny if she fell down. We have to make fun of the fact that she, she would be overly tomboyish. It's like, dude, do you hate your wife? Like, why do you always want to paint her as such a heavy set moron that's overly aggressive and won't think. I, I why like I don't know I can't speak to that. It? Maybe he thinks and the, and the times I've seen her in interviews, the times I've seen her in interviews, she seems like a nice lady. She doesn't seem like she like in her real life. She's like I'm gonna headbutt somebody if they don't like Slayer. Like this is her version of the kid, I guess. Like uh the Charlie Ch- or not the or whatever the Charlie Chaplin the the. The Charlie Chaplin character, what I'm trying to say. This is her version of that character. The the down on her luck, uh, just the down on her luck ragamuffin can't get it all together, but she's charming and funny, so it's okay. Like, this is her version of that character, I guess. And it just, it's not, it is, it is annoying that it's, I mean, I don't need every female in a movie to be Wonder Woman, but... I you don't have to be as self-deprecating as this. Like you you she's so much more talented than this and her husband I'm not going to say he should be ashamed, but like I feel like a creative couple that like makes movies together wouldn't just recycle this really lazy premise or baseline character personality so often, but clearly that train is still chugging right along like nothing has changed. And it's and it's sad. Like I mean, I guess that's why I'm not as charged as you are for this movie is because I kind of expected this going into it, and I was just, I was just bored to expect, tears. Do you expect a Fortnite ad that was more distracting than the Corona thing in the last Fast and Furious movie that we reviewed last week? Octavia Spencer, you can turn your daughter's tablet off. You don't have to let Melissa turn hers off. That's how phones work. <laughs> you could just hang more, up on her. More along the lines of, what serious gamer games on an iPad? Dude, did you notice that, like, or was it just me that, like, thought that it was actually, like, filming a tablet because of how laggy it was? Like, it didn't look like a pre-rendered game. I think game. they filmed on a tablet. I think they filmed a tablet, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing that's funny, too, is, like, as annoying as this movie is, and people that love Fortnite probably don't listen to our podcast because they're not five, but um, the fact that they had Fortnite in this, I was like... Who approached who? Because I can't imagine Fortnite was like, we need to approach a movie studio to push our product because it's like the most famous video game of the past like four years. And why would they make such an effort to devi- like? I I love when Melissa McCarthy's like, oh yeah, I play Fortnite. I'm that I'm great. And then like she's playing on an iPad. I'm like, you totally suck if you're playing on an iPad. But you're not playing on a, either a PC or a gaming system. You're playing on an iPad. Um, and then uh, Octava Spencer sees her daughter and she's like, what are you doing? Are you having fun and being a young adult? Skirkadoo. <laughs> Dude, everything in this, everything is so tropey in this. Like, Especially the villain. The best. Oh, my God. We haven't even talked about Bobby Cannavale being in this movie. I, Another actor. I feel terrible. It's so much better than this material. But of course he's he of course he is Italian, so he's got to play a big tough guy. That oh my God, shocker is the villain because who would have guessed that a suave 
perfectly gelled, haired, muscular, tan man that just comes into the middle of the movie and smiles all charmily happens to be the villain. <laughs> the first moment he's on screen, I'm like, he's the villain. And again, like I said, I listened to the Lights, Camera, Barstool thing on this a month ago, and the only thing I remember was this is one of the worst movies they'd seen in a long time. So I don't know if they said that in the review, but the moment he showed up on screen, I was like, that guy's the villain. Oh, duh. I, oh, this is worth, he, this is, and I I love, Mm -hmm. and the thing that's funny is I I was like, not only is he the villain, I bet he's a false flag type villain. And then he's like, yeah, I'm a false flag type villain. I was like, do you want me to write the movie for you? Because I'm drunk and I'm doing this. (laughs) By the way, this is worse than chaos walking. Like, Chaos Walking, now that you just reminded me, Chaos Walking was the worst film I'd seen this year. I know you hadn't yet, but this is worse than Chaos Walking. I would rather watch that again with you than watch this again. <laughs> Dude, what's sad, really, when you think about it with with this movie, is this movie's going to be brushed under the rug as just like, oh yeah, it's another terrible Melissa McCarthy and her husband movie. And it's just like, yeah, it's just some random misstep from Octavia Spencer. But you can tell that she really, like, wasn't putting effort into it. Oh, And dude. you're like, yeah, Jason, Jason Bateman, for some reason, was in this movie. And Bobby Cannavale, for some reason, was in this movie. But, like, for the other people, this is a pretty big blemish on their career. Like, the child actors. Oh, I could be, um, yeah. Uh, the the girl that plays Mantis. I so Oh, the, she'll be, she's going to be fine. Let's not kid ourselves. She's going to be fine. <laughs> Well, the reason I say that it could be bad for her career is she might get typecast as she can only play Mantis. Like, she, dude, her character in this movie sucks, and she does a terrible job of playing that character. I don't get what the Um, running joke of her just, like, always kind of stalking around like this. Like, I don't get why that was her running joke. Dan, because, because, do you know Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers movies that she's been in? Is that all she does? She kind of floats around and is a weirdo. So what if we just had an evil version of that? I guess. What if? What What if, Daniel? What if? I guess I didn't pay if? attention. We'd have a to... horrible movie. I guess I didn't pay attention to Mantis that much in the Avengers movies. <laughs> yeah, she's in the background a lot, like, bouncing around and stuff. Yeah, like, literally, it was after the fact when I realized that that was Mantis. Because, like, I've never seen her real face, it turns out. Because she's so covered in makeup. Same. I actually, I was, I was like, is that? mantis and i looked up this movie and i found her on there and i was like i've only ever seen her in makeup i actually don't know what her face looks like and so like i was like i think this is her and then i clicked on it and it said known for mantis and guardians of the galaxy oh that's literally what happened to me with um oh i don't her name is very french i um, i'm not gonna look it up right now but uh it's the girl that played the mummy in tom cruise's mummy uh she was also an alien in star trek beyond and I- I got it. I got an ad for that Tom Cruise mummy uh, on my Blu-ray before watching Fate of the Furious, and I was oh, like, serious? <laughs> I was like, damn it! Why can't this be the trailer with the inappropriate audio where it's all scooped out except for Tom Cruise going? Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> uh, oh my god! But no, um, that actress. Um, uh, I'd only seen her in roles where she was covered in makeup or cgi up until when we started the show and i saw her in that um in that really screwed up or not screwed up uh that really intense movie climax um it's that french movie I, i'll tell you about it later but um i've had that happen before where it's just like oh oh yeah there actually is an actor behind all that stuff <laughs> what are you contemplating <laughs> If I even want to keep talking about this movie, I'm looking. I'm looking through my notes, and I have a very stark wall where I just stop taking notes. <laughs> I've got a stark wall of where I realize how drunk I am. My favorite line that I made fun of. Uh, it's after the dance sequence with uh, Jason Bateman that happens for some reason. Um, is, uh. Oh, they also, okay. So I've got, what the, what the F is happening? Why are they doing this dance scene? Why did they, why did he put parsley in her mouth at the, uh, at the date? Oh yeah. 
And then someone kidnaps Melissa McCarthy's husband. Like, I actually saw it because he makes a cameo in every movie because he thinks he's a deep director. You're a hack. Um, but he gets kidnapped at some point. And I've got how like they're watching the news and they're like, how could you not love Thunder Force? And I was like, have you not watched their movie? That's how you don't like Thunder Force. <laughs> that lo- dude. Octavia Spencer seemed really phoned in, but that cop reading that letter was so phoned in, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, I got something. So, again, I want to reiterate, I was drinking through this movie quite heavily. At a certain point, they get information that the guy that you thought was the bad guy that was running for mayor is the bad guy, and he's running for mayor. And he's like, you, you better not screw up this election for me. And I was like, why don't they just go to the press? Like, yeah, they might not be able to stop him, but they could go to the press and be like, hey, uh, that guy's behind every bad thing that's been happening with the miscreants. And if you elect him to office, you're rewarding his behavior. And if you don't elect him, he doesn't get what he wants. And we, and we can actually investigate him and put forth a police effort and use our superpowers to try and help bring him down. And at no point do they do that. And I have several notes of why don't you go to the press with this information? Because this isn't all the president's men. This is a superhero movie, so they have to solve things with their fists and break as many windows as possible in the process. They have their they have his Achilles heel, which is it is a false flag operation. Easy but if you spoil that he's falsifying the flags, the flag's no longer valid. Easy deep that or false. Easy deep throat. Melissa McCarthy is not playing Bob Woodward. You're missing the bigger point. This needs to be a superhero movie. I don't want to see movie. Melissa McCarthy deep throat anything. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need to stop making references to a movie I know you haven't seen. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I think it was actually I think the I think the actual deep throat i think he died a couple years ago actually now that i say that out loud or like with smithers no um i i can't (laughs) i know what you did there but i I can't remember the guy's name but i think he died within the last five years actually now that i think about it i'm out of beer (laughs) do you know who you would want to cast nicholas cage in in this movie Melissa McCarthy's husband. <laughs> Here's why. Melissa McCarthy's husband wouldn't be directing the movie then. Wait, is it isn't he the one that also gets the 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 statue kicked into his face? Was that in the last ten minutes? Not the last ten minutes. You laughed at By the way, can you tell me? I'm serious. Can you tell me what happens in the last 10 minutes? I'm not kidding. What's the last I got up? Okay, so here's here's what happened. We have motion sen- this is way more entertaining than what happens in this piece of movie. Um we uh, have motion sensor lights uh, on our back, like our back porch. When we moved in, we had a really crappy, like 25 watt, like LED thing. And I couldn't, if it got dark outside, like late fall, early spring or in the winter, I couldn't see the grill. So I, was, I got frustrated. I was like, I'm putting up a, a light fixture. So I got, uh, I replaced like a 25 watt single LED, not motion sensitive mm. with two floodlight with a apparatus that has two flood floodlights and it's motion sensitive i set the motion sensor to the highest sensitivity <laughs> and i put two 120 watt bulbs uh in it so if something's in our backyard it all of a sudden looks like daylight in our backyard um and our lights got tripped and nala was you know in like kind of hunched in like in like hunter mode and her tail got big and it was flipping real weird. And I got up and there's a big rabbit in our backyard. And I was with Nala and I was like, look at that rabbit, get that rabbit, get that rabbit. And I like open up the door and was like, yeah, like yelling at it to try and get it to leave. And then it took, and then like, I realized 10 minutes after I started doing that, that the movie was over and it had been 10 minutes. <laughs> What's the last thing you were. And I hated this movie so much. I didn't rewind it. I did fast forward to see if there was a post-credit scene, but I didn't rewind it. Yeah, if you told me that there was a post-credit scene, I would not have watched it still. <laughs> I would have I would have loved seeing this in theaters with you. Just because I feel like credits would have hit and I'd be like, we gotta leave. Like 
I would have been the one that's like, I don't care if there's a post credit scene. I hate this movie. Um, I was just looking through the pictures, and yeah, Ken, uh, I think, for some reason, Kenny's not credited in any of the images I was seeing of the guy with the same mustache as him, but I'm pretty sure he's the guy that gets tased in the face, and then he gets the statue kicked into his head and kills him. <laughs> one can dream. Who would you cast Nick Cage to be? Um, Honestly, like... I don't have a jokey answer per usual because um, no one really stood out to me as like Nick Cage needs to be this guy. Um, Nothing stands out about this movie it other than how bad it is. It would have been entertaining if instead of Jason Bateman being the stunt cast, uh, Nick Cage would have been. So it would have been Nick Cage trying to pick up the martini glass and then breaking it and then just get really, really. Pick it up by the freaking stem, you idiot. And get, dude, he got so angry. Like when he's just, he. He breaks the glass and he slams the table and just goes, "Ah, oh, damn it!" Like, whoa! I got mad because, I, like, he kept trying to pick it up by like the by the glass, like the bowl of it, and I was like, "Pick it up by the stem!" Yeah, you got to treat can't it. Tell me, you got to treat it like a bowl. All of soup. your time as Crab Man, you have not at one point just picked it up, picked up a pen or anything. Like, you know what? Picking up a pen is kind of easy to do because it's just like picking something up with chopsticks. No, the entire time you've been picking it up by the bowl <laughs> it's like okay it's like a bowl of soup <laughs> that's smash <laughs> but no like i don't i don't know nick cage doesn't wouldn't really have that much to do if he was bobby kind of character even though he could easily like look and act like him in that role so him as jason bateman would be my pick just to, just for the novelty of seeing him with crab arms and then the moment of him scurrying away and making the clicking noises that would have been even funnier so so I'm looking at the swear notes for this review. You're not on it once. I'm on it a lot for saying the f word a lot. Oh yeah, I'm 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 aware. You I said before we started taping, you were far more angry at this movie than I was. I was just it's a movie and it was as bad as I expected, so I was just bored to tears and I may have spent half the movie texting my girlfriend. <laughs> I take this as an affront to me and my family. <laughs> You're my family. <laughs> family. You know what great is if in the middle of this movie, the Fast and Furious gang came by and they're like, we need your Lamborghini. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like Christian Mail being Batman, but I don't care. Um, we need your Lamborghini take the to get Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Where are they? By the, you know what this movie needed? This movie needed. This movie needed Melissa Batman. McCarthy. <laughs> No, no, no. It needed it needed Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy interviewing or interrogating Jason Bateman in a scene like The Dark Knight. Oh. And then, like, Melissa McCarthy's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? And then uh, Octavia Spencer just, like, sews his eyes and mouth shut. And then uh, she uh, is like, see, this is what happens when you don't like my daughter. And um, it's all about revenge for what happened in high school. And suddenly it's Ma, which is a much more entertaining Octavia Spencer movie. <laughs> What if in Ma 2, what if Ma 2, they bring in Melissa McCarthy and they're like, Ma is like intimidated. Like, I know she died at the end of the movie, but like she's intimidating and stuff. And then like all of a sudden Melissa McCarthy comes in and she's like falling down the stairs. And it's funny because her husband is underneath it and he dies. <laughs> That's the one way to make fat girl fall down. Funny is if she falls on her husband <laughs> is to kill Melissa McCarthy's husband, Dan. Brownie points guy to cinema. You're that was it was your idea. <laughs> You're the one that summarized it in one sentence. I'm not taking credit for that. It was inspired by your idea. <laughs> I can't take credit for the two the two things I said about her husband. The thing of I ripped off from Bert, and then that. Okay, I think the Hitler thing is still worse. <laughs> And again, and again, he is not. It's a, it's a joke from another podcast we listen to. Everybody, calm down. Hitler was a terrible person and was wrong. Melissa McCarthy's husband is none of those things. He's just bad at directing movies. What was worse for humanity? No. <laughs> Hitler, <laughs> Does, without a doubt. Didn't did see that coming, did you? <laughs> No. Oh my god. You're a horrible person. I have my moments. Who would you like to see in this movie 
that wasn't in this movie. That is not Nicolas Cage. What? And yeah, and if you think I'm if you think I'm trying to fill time, I am. Who like who would you just want to see in this movie that wasn't in this movie? Like me personally, if it, and it can't be Nicolas Cage. Like me personally, I would really like to see Vin Diesel in it because I think he'd give as believable a performance as Octavia Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be invisible. <laughs> I am invisible. <laughs> By the way, we never touched on this dumb thing. So Octavia Spencer is supposed to be invisible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Invisible. And then they create more work for themselves in this movie by just randomly being like, well, in some scenes, we want you to see what she's doing, but we're going to put like a halo effect on her. And she's like translucent e but you can still see her but she's not fully there and she's invisible and that's how you can tell she's invisible and no one else can see her it's like then why are we seeing her if no one else can see her why don't we see what everyone else sees you suck at directing movies visual i i understand what he was doing there the he can't trust do you i don't i don't think anyone does he can't trust the audience to be on board he with... He thinks his audience is too stupid to actually figure out what Octavia Spencer's doing. No, it's, it's, it's giving... He's insulting his audience. No, it's it's letting the audience know that she's still there, even though the characters within the scene know she... Or think that they can't... God damn, I can't talk. <laughs> she is invisible, but that would be disturbing to the audience because, well, she's invisible. I can't see her. So they're going to make her look like a translucent bubble so the audience can still see Octavia Spencer, even though the characters within the scene still can't. And then you get the bonus of her, act- you actually, you, the audience, actually seeing her doing the stunts and all that. And yeah, it's a lot of extra money on the visual effects, but it's it's because people would get mad if this was like the, the invisible man and the action is stuff floating around and people tripping and all that. Yeah, paper. People would be mad if this was similar to a much better movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Let's go to the outro. This movie sucks. I was gonna say we. I. I don't have anything else to say, and we don't have to keep talking. Like. <laughs> no. Let's end it. Let's go talk about a movie that I that I'm kind of on, and then a movie that we both love. Yes. Uh, listeners, that's our thoughts on audience. If that cues you in on what we have left to record. Listeners, yeah, we're gonna all of it. <laughs> we're gonna take a brief break, guys. That's our thoughts on Thunder Force. So we'll be right back to remind you what else we got coming up this week. Thank you for joining us while we talk about Thunder Force, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you to Isla Marf and a few gays as well for the bumper music before. And here at the end of the episode, thank you so much. Guys, the rest of the week, we got two more reviews coming at you. On Thursday, it's our trip into the time machine. Nick, how about you remind the listeners where we're going to be going? I think it's 89, um, but we're going to take a look at Weird Al Yankovic. Dan just had a seizure, so I'm assuming that's right. I was Um, giving you a thumbs up. We're going to take a look at Weird Al Yankovic's theatrical debut in UHF. We got it all along, UHF. UHF! (laughs) Metallica needs to do a cover of that song. Oh, dude. (laughs) Yes, listeners, that's what we're going to be doing on Thursday. It is on Amazon Prime. If you happen to have that service, you can watch it along with us there. Um, And then on Friday, we are nearing the end we only have two more episodes of fast and furious family fridays left this friday is the last one of specifically fast and the furious we are still doing hobbs and shaw with a week after that but this friday is fast eight the fate of the furious i I mean technically it's called just the fate of the furious but whatever it's (laughs) all these titles are stupid so (laughs) But that is what we got Friday. It's the last one of the direct canon Fate of the Furious. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. And if you happen to catch them in theaters, you can listen to us talk about any of them that you saw in the theaters in the lead up to Fast 9 coming out in June. So I'm going to see one of them in theaters. Are you only just going to do the one of them or are you going to do more? 
More than likely. <laughs> more. Oh wait, more than likely the well, one. No. What what I what I mean is I saw five, I saw seven, I saw eight in theaters. Um, six I definitely don't want to see in theaters. Uh, two, it's okay. Um, four I think I saw in theaters, but we didn't go together. I think. Um, and even if I didn't, I didn't really want to see it in theaters all that much. I don't really want to see Tokyo Drift in theaters that bad. Like, okay, I'm gonna ruin. We're gonna do our list after Hobbs and Shaw of ranking our movies in chronological order of our favorite or in the order of our favorite and i'm gonna ruin it the fast and the furious is my favorite by a mile in this series and i never got to see it on screen so like dan when he got to see his one of his favorite movies of all time alien on the big screen and he took the chance i'm gonna do that with the fast and the furious me and kelsey uh, oh god um we haven't had a movie date uh in over a year the last movie we saw in theaters together was onward so it's been a really long time since we had a movie date night. Um, and I, I was able to get us tickets. So we're going to go see the fast and the furious in theaters. And I'm pretty excited. And she's excited. I love that. We've had more movie dates than you and your wife. <laughs> You're making it sound like I'm cheating on my wife, Dan. I'm not. We've seen, we saw jaws. We saw Kong versus Godzilla. We, um, we saw tenant. <laughs> you know, what's funny thinking back on it. The movies I've seen in theaters since the pandemic happened, I think all but one of them I saw in theaters with you. You didn't see Unhinged. We didn't see Unhinged in the same theater. I know that. And I think that was the only one because I saw Kong vs. Godzilla with you. Yeah. I saw Jaws with you. And we saw Tenet together. Saw Tenet. Yeah, I really think the only one since the pandemic hit, the only movie I've seen in theaters that wasn't with you was Unhinged. That's That's wild. I, oh man, thank God we're almost done. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, I'll save my little my little rant for after Nick. You remind everybody where they can reach out to us in the meantime. Facebook Brownie Points Guide to Cinema, Instagram Brownie underscore Points underscore Guide, and Twitter at Brownie underscore Cinema, as well as Brownie Points Guide to Cinema at gmail.com. Make sure you're sending us Brandy Bites ideas, whether topics to discuss, Kath has to do, or movie trailers to review, or time machines, or new releases in theaters or streaming. Uh, we're on Letterbox. Dan is D Brownie forty nine. I'm on there, but I don't remember what mine is. Uh, Dan's capital D Brownie forty nine too. So don't forget the the big D. Um, also, make sure whatever uh, program you listen to us on, you're leaving us ratings and reviews and stuff. As many stars you can leave us and reviews with words help us break through algorithms that we don't have control over. Uh, we don't have any new ones. Uh, also, recommendations on our Facebook page I think helps us. So do that. Um, but the reason we're asking for that is one, uh, it's awesome to hear from you guys, but two, it, it really does help us. And three, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. We don't have ads ever. We never have ads. We don't tell you about shaving your balls. We don't tell you about great ways to get, to get legends on raid shadow legends. We don't tell you about, uh, dollar shave kits. We don't tell you about mattresses. Ever. We never tell you about this stuff. We talk a lot about rallies, but we don't talk about this other stuff. <laughs> but we don't have a presenting sponsor. And frankly, if you, it, it would really help us to not need that if you help us push to grow the podcast. It, uh, so, like I said last time, when you're out doing stuff, when you walk into the store to get your groceries and they're like, Hi, how you doing today? You need to say, I listen to Brownie Points Guy to Cinema. It, when you go get a haircut, tell them you listen to Brownie Points Guy to Cinema. When... Uh, you're finishing up having sex. Shout it. <laughs> Scream it. Uh, when you are, uh, in a public bathroom and you know there's someone else in there listening to you blow up that toilet, yell that, and then they'll be like, I'm going to listen to Brandon Points Guy to Cinema so I don't have to listen to this guy blow up this toilet. All those things. Do that. Well, yeah. Help us grow the show. And if you blow up your toilet at the same time, more power to you. <laughs> Listeners, we will always be here. If you want to take a bigger than this movie was. <laughs> Listeners, we will always be here in your ears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor.com, and all other major podcasting platforms here and around the globe. So far, the year has been better than last year, but that will only get that will only get better if you keep wearing your masks, washing your hands, opening your ears and your hearts and giving a damn about each other and 
also go ahead and get your vaccine. Uh, it is, we are taping this the day before mine, so I'm super excited. By the time you guys are uh, hearing this, I will have had my first shot. Uh, I know, Nick, you're getting your fr- first shot not too soon. Eight days. Okay, yeah, not too soon after me. Uh, actually, no, just after this episode releases, you'll get your first shot, I think, if I did my math right, but... <laughs> This one should release on Tuesday, and mine is, uh, my first one is next Thursday. So, actually, the day that my, or the day that UHF drops, I will get it. Okay, yeah, okay. So, we'll both, on UHF, we'll both have our shots. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, peek behind the curtains. I'm getting mine tomorrow. I'm so excited. But, yeah, guys, go out there. Go get yours as well, so the world can get back to normal. Thursday, UHF is coming out. Friday is the fate of the furious. That's what we got coming up this week. We'll catch you later. Do you ever think Melissa McCarthy and her vows had to vow to be in her husband's movies? Because I'm kind of wondering why she keeps being in them. <laughs> they share the same lawyer. They share the same agent. It's just super duper awkward. <laughs> That's why I divorce the best option. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. I mean, unless it's warranted. Easy deep throat. Melissa McCarthy is not playing Bob Woodward. You're missing the bigger point. This needs to be a superhero movie. I don't want to see Melissa McCarthy deep throat anything. (laughs) 